Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. episode of Tales from the Forlorn Dopes with your hosts, Cyber Smiley, who is me, and my co-host, Wisdom, that's me. Greetings, programs. So, um, yeah. Hey, Rob, how's it going? Hey, Rob. Three people are on. Rob Mulligan's there. He's our host uh, with Cyber Nation Uncensored. He's in the, in the, uh, text chat, paying a paying a visit, which is always nice. So let's uh, get yeah. started. Um, as we do with most episodes, we start getting into uh, the media of cyberpunk, like what's happening and what's coming out. Um, so recently, uh, last week, the week before, yeah, um, last week Netflix had their Geek Week thing. Yeah, where they uh, they gave us a glimpse of Edge Runner, the cyberpunk Edge Runner, based off a video game, but still set in Mike Pondsmith's universe. Uh, I like it. I think it looks very good. Um, I, I, I some people are complaining about the animation style. I, I don't care that much about that. It's not it, it's not too goofy, which is all I would have worried about. Uh, looks like it's got plenty of action, plenty of good stuff. I like the character designs. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I like the imagery. Um, like you said, the the animation. And I get uh, for me, you know, the story is more important than the animation because I can watch semi <laughs> good animation. But if the story isn't there, then you know, you definitely. Yeah, I mean, see. as long as the animation is competent. As sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, as long as the, the animation is competent um, and fluid, then hey, let's go with it, right? Um, I think my only critique is how they do speed wear and how fast he moved. Um, I mean, that could have been speeding bullet legs. We don't know, we don't know true, really what's going on. True. I mean, it's true. It's just 
Uh, but then again, you know, it's based off of the, the computer game and not the, the source material, so... Uh, yeah, and I'm definitely looking forward. I was hoping, <laughs> you know, two and a half years ago when they mentioned, hey, Edge Runners is going to be here and it's going to come out in mid-2022 uh, that I thought we were going to get the series in this at this time. But apparently we're getting just a teaser and uh, we have to wait until September. So, well, I mean, that's... That's still this year. It's not like I, I'm okay with waiting till September. Um, I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, they're not putting it off like by years or anything like that. Um, we'll get it before we get the real update for 2077. Uh, hopefully, it'll renew interest in the game because I want that game. I want sequels to that game. Yep. Um, hell, I want prequels to that game. I want a game set in the 2020 universe. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but uh, I, I, I want more. More, 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 more. Yep. Um, and I think before September, we're, we're definitely going to get a few more things that are coming out. Like Westworld is coming out uh, June 26th, so that's uh, less than two weeks. Um, for season That's very exciting. four on HBO. Um, also on Netflix is Spriggan, who... Um, I'm so excited for Spriggan. It, it, it hurts. Um, it, it, it looks cyberpunk, but, you know, if it has aliens, then technically it's well, not. Well, it, it, it's, it's not so much that it has aliens as it has, like, religious themes. Oh. Uh, like... Like the movie, they were hunting. They were they were trying to get, gain control of Noah's Ark. Oh. <laughs> um, but up until they actually, up until the very end, when they actually enter Noah's Ark, it, it was fucking ridiculously cyberpunk. I mean, they're fighting dudes with like prosthetic limbs and like mono wire coming out of their hands and shit like that. It was it was epic. Yeah. Um, it's so no, the show's not going to be strictly cyberpunk, but if you can handle watching Akira, you can handle watching Spriggan. Right. Um, a lot of the same people involved, so yeah, there's nothing, nothing really I'm going to complain about. Yeah, and that's uh, the out. character designs also are faithful. Supposedly, that's coming out this weekend too on Netflix. Supposedly, I'm 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 watching very closely. I finally got around to watching uh, some go some of the new Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. I'm about halfway through the series. Uh, there's a lot more there's a lot more episodes than I originally realized. Uh, it's a it's a pretty long season. Um, I've been enjoying it so far. Uh, they kind of kept the pure and stuff to the to a minimum. Uh, I'm not going to give out any spoilers. The last episode I watched was all about Togusa, though, and it didn't make any sense to me at all. So hopefully, at some point, it does make sense. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but continue watching. Um, there's some good parts, <laughs> and when you get to the final finality, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, because I, yes. have, I have questions, concerns, and comments. Um, other things that are 
supposedly are already out is a movie called Crimes of the Future. I haven't had too many details about this, but it's already released overseas and it's very limited release in the United States. Um, it hmm. looks interesting. So I definitely want to uh, find out a little more about that. Um, there's another sh movie called The, the Division. Um, which is in the near future, a pandemic virus is spread via paper money on Black Friday. Yeah, that's, that's that's based off the Tom Clancy uh, yeah. stuff. I liked the games. I liked the Division games one and two. Yeah. And and I noticed that Tom Clancy. Um, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Tom Clancy. Some of his novels are very cyberpunk. Uh, it's near future. Yeah one step further technology wise of now right um like i know he had what, what was it called uh damn it i read all the books it was uh cyber something cyber but basically it was uh i don't know it was a a u.s department government officials who <clears throat> went after cyber crime um but more terrorist cyber crime than anything um Groovy. Yeah. I did I gotta, not read those. I gotta find it out. Like like they just invented the um, quantum computers. So it was able to hack into every, everything. Well, of course, this was a novel at the time. Netforce. That's that's what the series was called. Oh, I did read those. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty good. It's so. been a long time, but yeah. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> he wrote those. Yeah, so if you guys are looking uh, for... I was thinking Grisham wrote those. Yeah, so if any of you listeners out there, um, go get in it for us. It's, it's not cyberware, but very close near future or post-future, as it were. Um, but yeah, that was a good series. I mean, even the Rainbow Six games have like some cyberpunk elements to them. Like, those all take place, you know, slightly in the future. Yep. Um, there's another movie supposedly coming out this year or possibly has already come out called Harmony um, the description is in, pretty good. in the near future Sophia a wounded soldier discovers the medical facility she's been placed in is not for her and fellow soldiers recovery but something far more devious so that kind of looks uh, yeah, cyberpunky-ish. Um, so Division Westworld, uh, Harmony, Spiderhead. Um, Spiderhead kind of looks more of a corporate experiment. Um, so it's a little more drama. It's with Chris Helmsworth. It's on Netflix. It's supposed to be a, a TV series. Which I think it's out already. I gotta take a look. Or it's coming out, but definitely something to check out. Um, there's another movie, I think it's Italian, it's called Mondo Kane. Supposedly came out in 2021, but it's basically. It's Mondo Kane. Mondo Kane? Okay. Uh, ghost Town, that that no one dares to enter. Musician. Um. 
Yeah, but I don't have too much information on it. Um, officially released in Canada. I don't think it's released yet in uh, Canada or English. But basically it says, you know, the, oh. the ghost town, or Tarant Taranto is a ghost town that no one dares to enter. The poorest are left fighting for survival while gangs are competing for the territory. So, in the near future uh, type of stuff. Apparently it's a remake of a movie from like 1962. Yeah. Or at least it's stealing the title from it because uh, that seemed to be like a mock documentary some Italian thing. Um taboos of sex and religion yeah um the hmm. other thing that's supposed to be coming out this year they don't have a date of when it's going to be nor do they have a place that it's going to be shown but judge dread mega city one uh, a tv series <laughs> is supposed to be coming out granted you know you never know whether or not it is i mean finding any real solid information about this is elusive i mean uh, carl carl urban is done with the boys right now so he's free so <laughs> would well, be nice he's done until the next season yeah um but yeah uh i very much want carl urban to return in fact i think if he doesn't it's going to negatively impact like I don't care who they get they're not going to be as cool as Carl Urban he's he's Carl Urban is is the dude I mean he's just he's this generation's cyberpunk dude and needs to be recognized as such he is to cyberpunk what uh, Rutger Hauer was to cyberpunk in the 90s well I think he 80s and 90s He's Bruce Willis to the action films of the '90s. To 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 cyberpunk. Uh, I don't know about if he's Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis was kind of a giant headlining star. Where Carl is just this dude who like he just comes out of nowhere and he gives these like amazing performances that nobody. He turns a movie that, by all rights, should be garbage into a, just a masterpiece. Like I, He's never given a performance that I didn't thoroughly enjoy. Yep. Um, uh, that's why I said Rutger Hauer, because Rutger was also kind of underrated in that regard. Like I would watch anything he did, but it always came in under the radar. Yep. Um, I remember going to the theater and... Uh, split second like just came out of nowhere it was just there in the theater and like whoa there's a Roger Hauer film let's go see that like there was no advertising for it I had no idea what it was and I walked out of the theater going like oh my god that was, yeah or a hobo so, with yeah. a shotgun a hobo with a <laughs> shotgun I mean yeah Roger Hauer was was the tits uh wedlock or Deadlock, I, I never can remember what that was actually called, but um, oh, the uh, Blood of Heroes uh, yeah, the, the guy was just amazing um, 
Yeah, he was. We lost a good actor. Uh, other things that are coming out is Moon Haven on AMC. Um, it's a story 100 years in the future about a smuggler from Luna, which ties into the subject we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, it's starring... What's his name? Joe Mangalella? Mangalella? Mr. D&D. &D. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been the, the best butchering of a name I've heard since... Uh... Uh, Bumbersnatch Cumberlick. <laughs> Good old Joe. You know Good Joe. Good old Joe. Um, so that looks interesting from, from a space cyberpunk type of point of view. And then there's also Eon Flux is supposed to be coming out in Paramount Plus. Uh, uh, a live action version of that. So. Why? Why? Because I mean, I make no bones about it. I was never a fa I, like when it, it was on MTV. It was something to watch on the weekend. Uh, it was, it was probably the best of the, of the bunch on Liquid Television. Although the Running Man was far cooler. Uh, I don't know. I, I I didn't ever care for the art style. Uh, I liked the weirdness of it, but. Um, well, it had that. Yeah, Eon Flux never grabbed me. That, you know, European comic of future, right? So it was kind of. Yeah. Of that. That style uh, of comics. Which, yes, it was very weird. Um, I mean, it, I like the studio that does it, and I've liked everything else they did, but. Um, and I liked the overall story of Eon Flux, but then they'd do these weird angles and they'd elongate all the limbs and it just kind of turned me off of the whole thing. Well, uh, Plus the whole, like, looking eyeballs thing was kind of... the hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, this is actually going to be... Yeah, I'm not one to be squeamish, but that one... This is actually going to be a live action for you, so... Yeah, we've had that once before already with uh, Charlize Theron and... It was not good. Shut up. You cannot speak ill of Charlize. I not love Charlize. Presence. I do. But Eon Flux was... Oh, it was so bad. Like, there's a real... You've seen it. You just... I put it out of your head. It was that bad. Trauma. Listen, I can still watch it muted. We're also getting a... Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, eye candy at the best. Um, we're also getting another season of Love, Death, and Robots. That I always bring with it some cyberpunk stuff. Yeah, that actually came out. Um, oh, is it out already? Yeah. Damn it. I get all focused on one thing and forget... And, and don't notice anything else dropping. Yeah, there's a lot of good episodes in it. Um, I would classify just one of them being really a strict cyberpunk story. Uh, which was the cyber bear, the cyber grizzly. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I, I won't spoil it, but it's definitely a, a a cyberpunk game that you would inflict on your players. Well, yeah, because that's the best way to do it. Yes, and the, and the cyber grizzly is is always going to be fun to throw at a, at a player. 
<coughs> um, yeah, and that's about it. The only one that's kind of a border to Cyberpunk, um, and I, we were discussing it prior to, to getting on stream, was Borderlands um, is coming out as well. And I saw the top three uh, actresses who were going to be in it, and I was like, oh, this, this is probably going to be a good movie. Gina Gershon, um, Kate Blanchett, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. So I was like, "All right, you got my, <laughs> you got me as a watcher." Yeah, I mean, you got me interested. I don't know. You said that it, there was also gonna like Jack Black's gonna be in it. Um, Jack and Black Lee and Kevin Hart. So Kevin Hart. It's, it's. I mean, Borderlands is such a weird fucking property that. I don't know how well uh, a movie is is going to work out for it, um, because it's so it's so goofy. There's so much going on. Um, I don't know if they're planning on using the lore that exists in the video games and trying to have these characters actually portray like the main protagonists from the video game. I don't know if that's what's going on. I do know that if you want to. Uh, if you want to actually have uh, the Borderlands experience in a movie, uh, there's a there's an old uh, there's an old movie from the '80s called Space Hunter, and it stars a a very young uh, Molly Ringwald. It's Borderlands of the movie, um, like 30 years before the first Borderlands video game. They had to have watched it, and their eyes just went like, that's what we wanted to do in this video game. Because it's, it's that. It's totally that. Watch Space Hunter. You'll enjoy it. Yep. Um, so, uh, I haven't gotten into any new comics, or... Actually, I was, I was doing a little research, and damn it. So, I saw Transmer... But, ugh. Transpolitan. Transmetropolitan? Yes, I'm going to try to... Um, that's, my, that's my favorite book of all time. See if uh, I can Beyond comic up. books. I mean, just the best. But there was another one that I saw on Kickstarter. Um, that, uh, that And of course, the Kickstarter already happened. Um, but it... it piqued my interest in, in actually getting to the book. And I want to say it's Interface something or other. Um, let me well, see if I can find I it mean, up. That's got my interest already, just just from the name. Yeah, it was uh, Image Comics, I think, pushed it out. Or did something with them. Um, the art looked amazing. I should have wrote it down. <laughs> My age, I, I keep on forgetting <laughs> that I should be writing shit down because I'm at that age of... Oh, yeah. Fancy little thing. Flashy. Oh, shoot. While you're trying to figure that out, I'll mention uh, that on the DC Comics side, Batman Beyond is still being, is still being a thing, and that's always a good read. Uh very cyberpunk if you like a little bit of superheroes in the mix uh there's also gotham the, there's a whole future state uh series from dc that is it's on and off cyberpunk depending on which title you're reading 
but the future state Gotham is consistently cyberpunk and it, it is like you know 20 years down the road or so from uh, you know current DC events like the timeline makes no sense in the DC universe it never has uh, but yeah it's you should check it out if you're into that kind of thing um Let's see what what else have I been picking up lately that you might not have heard of. There's a if you're into the nomad stuff, there's a series called Noctera. Uh, that's put out by give me just one moment. That's put out by Image. I thought so. Uh, basically, the premise is kind of goofy. Where like it. The sun is gone. All these monsters are running around in the dark. Uh, but the, the comic itself is about truckers who smuggle people back and forth from cities, trying to avoid these giant monsters. It's 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 tangentially uh, nomadish, post-apocalypse. The vehicles are really cool. The as always, ignore the monsters. Focus on the human story. Uh, and it's 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 good stuff. Um, I found the name of it. Have you heard oh, of yeah. Empty Z- Zone? It's from 2015. Empty Zone, yes, yes, I have. That's Jason Shaw Alexander. Yeah, yeah. I was. I don't know why I was like doing a search, and I saw the art on this, and I was like, "Wow, this looks something like I need to buy." Um, but like I said, the Kickstarter is from the past. It's from 2015, so I know there's books already published out there on Amazon that I'm going to try to pick up and uh, take a look at this because it definitely has a a nice gritty art to it. Um, yeah, it's good. St- I mean, it's been a while since I read it. Uh. But I thoroughly enjoyed Empty Zone. Um, on the Marvel side, kind of to parallel the Batman Beyond stuff, Spider-Man 2099 has got a new series. Uh, I always enjoyed that. I think that's actually the best designed Spider-Man costume out there. That's personal opinion. Um... Yeah. So, uh, um, ouch. Before we get started into our, our, so this particular episode and the majority of uh, what we're going to be diving into is um, the supplements uh, near orbit, which I've never read or have in my possession, but I know Derek does. So he's going to be he's going to be doing most of the reviewing for that one, but I, I. there's a lot of uh, copy paste, I think, that happened between that and Deep Space. I mean, pretty much the, the whole book got uh, copied into Deep Space. Like the only things that didn't, I think, were uh, some really inconsequential stuff. Yeah. Everything important is in Deep Space. Um, but before we get to that, I just want to say that um, I'm going to be releasing some new stuff to my site this weekend. 
Um, two neat things are going to be appearing on my site. One is a list of corporations for Cyberpunk 2020. I am going to continue to add to that list and try to get some of the, the red corporations in there. Uh, and also flag them as uh, Cyberpunk Red. So that way you can do a lookup based upon that. And um, I'm also created a quick uh, generator that a uh, member of the Cyberpunk 2020 Reddit uh, actually gave me a bunch of charts that I converted into an app. Um, that user is Murdoch Adams from Reddit. And basically, it's going to be a uh, club generator for not only Cyberpunk 2020, but for Cyberpunk Red. Um, so I plan on getting that deployed this weekend to my site. So check that out. Um, hopefully, it's something useful for everyone who, uh, who's out there. Also, I'm going to, I've done a little bit of redesign. So my site's going to look a little different. So hopefully you like the new look um yeah got anything new with your that's awesome news got any new news for your site <laughs> or do I'd, I I'd like to say i do but the truth is i would i'm just going to continue disappointing people um i need to I'm, I'm trying i'm 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 doing what i can i need to take a long weekend and uh drive down there and start beating you with a stick yeah, that would probably help. That would, that would probably help. Couldn't hurt. Well, wouldn't hurt me. Might hurt you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If it's going to be effective, it'll probably hurt me quite a bit. All right. So anything else you want to chat before we get do their deep dive? Uh, no. I think I'm pretty good on... on uh, I think we've covered most of what's uh, happened in the last two weeks. Um, yeah, let's let's jump right into some deep space and some near orbit. Awesome. All right, so I mean, really, good. I was just gonna say we don't really have to talk about near orbit. Um, I'll, I'll mention it in in spaces as we talk about deep space, and we get to areas that you know we're kind of. Everything important as far as information, like I said, from near orbit, got put into deep space. Uh, and the things that didn't, they got improved on. Um, so, yeah, go go right ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to get started with at least deep space, right? It was designed by uh, Chris Young and Scott uh, Hedrick. Um and I think the original ideas were probably from the authors of Near Orbit, which was Mike Pondsmith, David Ackerman, and Glenn Wyden Wildmuth. I probably butchered that name pretty badly, but um, and uh, I, Wildemuth? Wildemuth? I don't know, yeah. Wildmouth, something. Wildmuth. I, I I think this is the only. I don't recognize. Uh, I can't recall anything else he did for Artalsorian, so... Um, now, that's just because I've got a horrible memory. He might have done fantastic work for them. It's just not coming to mind at the moment. If so, Mr. Uh, Wildemuth, I apologize in advance. Um, 
And the one thing that I did not know and I just realized and something I got to search through this book is to figure out what interior illustration Mike Pondsmith did. Because I have not ever seen him be flagged as an internal uh, illustration. I'm thinking it's probably a map or something that's in here somewhere but um maybe if we get him on our show we can uh, he grill is him on listed it. as an interior illustrator i know yeah. which ones harrison fong did i know which ones chris hawk about did because their art style is you know personal favorites of mine uh but mike Fonsmith. um I'm thinking it's probably some of the the diagrams. But um, <clears throat> is he listed on Deep Space as well? Because if so, that'll make this so much easier. He is. He is. Um. Oh Lord. <laughs> Hello? Hello, I'm here. <laughs> okay, sorry, I heard something beep on my phone, and then everything went silent. Nah, I'm still here, man. All right, so let's let's dive into this, right? So um, the first chapter is On the Edge of Space. Um, and this kind of gets into what is currently happening in space and in the world... Uh, who are the, the some of the players in space as well? Uh, at least the the major factions, um, and kind of gives you a little bit of history. Um, like I don't know if uh, Wisdom mentioned this, but we actually got into 2025 with this particular book. So this is a divergence from the from what happened with uh, Stormfront. Uh, not Stormfront, the Firestorm series, right? Uh, which kind of... Yeah, they kind of ignored this whole book with that. Uh, this came out well before the Firestorm books, but it takes place, as you said, in 2025, where they take place in 2022. Um, so this is my timeline. This is the timeline I go with. Uh, you know me, I ignored the corporate wars. Yeah, so I mean... You can actually use the history in this book up until the 2023, right? Um, and again, I, I, the only reason why it gets to 2025 is because they mention the arrival of NASA on Jupiter and a joint uh, JAB and NASA Saturn study set to launch. So, yeah, as well as you know, they're they've they're beginning to colonize Mars just yeah. at the very preliminary stages. Well, the the colonization of Mars was actually quite earlier, right? It was and, and even in the normal source books. They talked about it in 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 near orbit. Uh but here it's it's a thing, like it's a thing that they boots on the ground type situation. Yeah, so the the colony actually started in 2019. Um, and, and the reason why I know that the, the Mars 
uh, colony is completed in 2022 is because uh, not only have I researched it here, but it actually talks in, talks about it in other source books. Um, so my current uh, homebrew campaign, <clears throat> the team is actually going or, or at the at the end of the Ocean War, beginning of the Shadow War, and I've created some news items uh, around this and. This is one of the news items that I actually created uh, specifically that, you know, Mars has completed their, uh, or sorry, NASA has completed their Mars station or colony and are now hiring a bunch of people to go and fly to it. So there's that kind of side note to the players that, you know, things are going on in orbit, um, not only on the land with, with Militech and Arasaka, but... Uh, I know with with that series of Firestorm, it kind of concentrated on that, but I tried to make sure my players understood that there's other things happening in the world besides just just a spat between two uh, two military corporations. Yeah, there's it's it's a the great big blue marble, and there's tons of stuff going on. Um. It, everything gets overshadowed for the Militech Arasaka thing. Uh, I never focused too much on that, to be honest. Like, they were obviously a thing in my games, but, like, conflict between them, it's all, like, in the background, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, or advertising. They like, to, they like to jab each other in, on the media. But that's... Any, like, open conflict just doesn't really happen in my games. Yeah. It... Uh, at least not between them. In rereading um, Deep Space, right? So, so in this first chapter, they actually talk about the, the various factions of NASA, ES, or ESA, uh, JAB, SRC, <coughs> um, the Corporation IEC. I think that's it. Yep. IEC, yeah. And then they talk about the Corporation of Utopian Corporation. Uh, which is basically a corporation that was founded by a bunch of microtech, right? So a uh, uh, very strict technology, computers, uh, programming company. And some of their engineers, scientists decided, hey, we're going to split off and head into orbit. I find it funny because you have the, you know, the Elon Musks and, and other... <laughs> uh, people who've made their money from computer technology. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's computer tech, you know, the, the IT uh, industry saying, hey, I want to start expanding into space. Um, so I thought it was, I mean, it's a very loose connection to the prophecy of, of, of Cyberpunk 2020 into the future, but... Yeah. I, I thought it was an interesting uh, little thing that um, is kind of like a, a Nostradamus prediction from the I mean, 90s. It's, it's prophetic. It, it's, it's one more instance of Cyberpunk 2020, or 2025 in this case, being, being prophetic. Uh, they took a long, hard look at, you know space technology and where it was going and uh, it took a very realistic 
uh, approach to how they did this book. It was actually, this book was years ahead of its time. And uh, I think we could have seen a lot, a future a lot closer to it had we not shut down, like, NASA as far as, like, shuttle launches in the aughts. I think, I think we could have seen a lot more. But... We got what we got. Well, I, I think from a space point of view, we're getting there, right? And yes, it's not so much government controlled, but now you have private corporations getting involved, right? Like SpaceX, right? So the the whole concept of SpaceX becoming NASA's NASA's company, NASA's uh, was it contractors to send shit up to space now? Right. Um, oh yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's starting to look very similar to you know the fiction portrayed here in this book. Yep. Um, another good resource, especially in this first chapter, is uh, there is a map of all the uh, spaceports that exist on Earth. Um, and you can look at those and, and they're all <clears throat> classified by who owns them. So what is that? NASA own ESA, or, yeah, ESA, European uh, Space I'm Agency. thinking that's, that's the art that Mike did. I, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that he did the maps and the blueprints and the layouts. Yes, because um, it very, looks very computerized, graphic type of thing yeah. with pixelated. I mean, this would have been, I think, when he started working with Microsoft. Uh, I don't know. They're very good looking, but at the same time, uh, it, I can't... The other art styles are familiar enough to me from the other books that I recognize them. Uh, so I'm not really sure. If this wasn't Mike, I'm not sure, I'm not sure yet what he's done or what he did in the book. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, Netrunner uh, map of the world. Um, so if he's listed as an interior artist on the main book, then we know. Um, but yeah, the, the chapter goes into all the various planets as well as some of the moons and, and the belt um, and gives you actually a little bit of science around it, like the orbits, the rotation period, how big these things are. Um and really gets into quite a bit of detail. Uh, if you love science, there is a lot of science packed in here. The one thing that I don't think is necessarily ac accurate is the communication lags um, in minutes, because it talks about Pluto being 237 minutes. I could swear that Voyager who Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 who is currently out of our our solar system uh, has less lag time sending data to NASA I could be That's, wrong I mean that may be true uh, but also keep in mind this book was written in the 90s um, where Voyager and Voyager 1 is was, just 10 yeah. years or <laughs> Yeah, that information was not quite as uh, readily available back then. And uh, it was before the internet. 
Oh, wait, no. That uh, was really a thing. Sorry, Voyager 1 is 21 hours. I stand corrected. Well, there you go. Um, it takes a long time to send a signal back and forth. Yeah. But if we can get to the speed of uh, radio waves, it's just 21 hours to get out of our uh, solar system. That's pretty fast. That's very fast. <laughs> it's very fast, especially if there's a meteorite or an asteroid in the way. But yeah, there there's tons of, of science packed into this book uh, with various charts, descriptions. If you are a geek about science and, and, and space, this is a book you want to get. Um, there hasn't been a lot... Well... So, so the other, I mean, when I compare about, like, space, gaming, gaming in space, um, Traveler is often the, the, the go-to, right? Because that is the grandfather yeah, that's, of, that's of what everybody... space RPGs. But Traveler did not even have any, anything about what Deep Space gets into. Um, the only no. other role-playing game system that I can think of that had like a little bit more hard science was probably Battletech. Uh, but they only had one supplement when it got into... And that was mostly space travel. It didn't talk about actual uh, living in space. Uh, but they got into a lot of the science around space travel. But this book is, you can not only use it for cyberpunk, but any system that you're looking to <clears throat> understand space and, and the, the environment of space, this is a book you, I think you should have for, for, for any yeah, system. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very hard, realistic look at, at both travel in space and life in space that... Like you said, I've never seen any other supplement come close to this level of detail for any other game. Um, and it, I mean, you can always hand wave whatever if you want your game to, you know, be more relatable to people who don't care about the science. Uh, as with any, you know, gaming supplement, there's there's that room there to, you know, play it your way. And by all means, do that. But for those who like the science, for those who want that hard environment and uh, the math geek aspect of it, it's there. It's it's there for you to, like, love and enjoy and nurture. Yeah, and that's another thing about a lot of the cyberpunk books, which... Other Gin systems might have done it. Some of them, I, I think, kind of glossed over it. Uh, but I remember have, hearing an interview with Mike was, you know, when when they put out a product, they did the research. They would actually call up, you know, combat medics. Hey, if you get shot, what happens here? Uh, or, or interviewing, you know, astro. <laughs> Astronomers, astrophysicists, yeah. and they—they uh, they get the rundown. They get the skinny. So, 
All right, so moving on to chapter two, which is titled The Environment of Space. And this actually gets into a lot of details about the hazards of space. Uh, and if you're looking for a lot of crunch around <laughs> living in space, this is the chapter to go to. The one thing that really stood out to me uh, about space and, and, and what how how deadly it is, is, is just the radiation section and understanding that there is actually, a, they have a table about how many rads and, and the only other system I saw when it got into radiation was, was Twilight 2000 <clears throat> and talked about that. But this, this actually has a, a chart of, Hey, rads are accumulative. You know, they're, they're not, they don't go away easily. So yeah, they 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 store themselves up in your balls. <laughs> Sorry. So the, uh, the they more... definitely accumulate. They definitely build up in your system, and the more exposure you get, the the worse the problems are going to be. And this chapter actually gets into the the bad effects of it. Uh, I they get into mutations, but it's not mutations like Gamma World where you grow a third arm, but mutations of yeah you're you're getting cancer you're getting you're getting tumors <laughs> you're getting like yeah an extra pinky or some shit like not and not any of the mutations you want it's all the mutations that are going to make it hard for you to get a data prom right uh, or an extra bed at the hospital maybe that's that's what you'll get yeah so when it comes to crunch around radiation this is a section you should read and Cyberware is not immune to radiation. So if you got a, a microwaver and you decide, hey, I want to start throwing or including rads in the microwaver, uh, you can actually implement this in your game if you want. I mean, honestly, the way uh, metal absorbs radiation, having cybernetics in space really should like double up on those rads. Kind of, that would really suck for the game, though. Yes, so so there's always a balance, right? Um, the next section in this chapter it talks about gravity and why gravity is important to the body, <laughs> and how zero g can really screw up a person's body, uh, and gets into some game mechanics around it as well. Um, and again, it's I mean, that's why in, in the game, any of the permanent structures or semi-permanent structures up in space, they're all like Taurus rings or some other uh, realistically presented anti-artificial uh, gravity simulators. Because uh, yep. the body can't live without that shit. It just can't. Yeah. And Not for any extended period of time. Another great thing about this book is hey so you've been however long in space this is what's going to happen when you try to get back into a gravity environment uh and how it affects your body so you're going to be weak <laughs> when you get back to earth uh the next chapter yeah, i mean talk about okay. like astronauts who've come down from iss like, they've lost bone structure that they'll never get back. Uh, like, bone density. 
um, they they have to they're almost toddlers as far as like walking around again. Um, it's space. This book really sets into into your head that space is the harshest environment you can survive in, uh, where any little mistake can kill you and everyone around you. And, and I'm glad they put and it. Even if you don't make mistakes, you're gonna be fucked up by the end of it. And I'm glad that they put that as the second chapter to stress. You know, what, yeah, when, as a reader, Star Wars, <laughs> this, this is this is not high fantasies or space operas. Um, this is yeah. This is cyberpunk, and cyberpunk is deadly. And guess what? So is space. Yeah, cyberpunk in space doesn't get any better. Unless you're rich. Um, so the next chapter, chapter three, is getting around the solar system. And this is one chapter for those who love gear porn. Uh, you're going to have quite a few things to look at in here. And they get into oh, good Lord. quite a bit of details of the various spacecrafts that exist. How to create spacecrafts. Uh, and some lessons in um, space travel as well. Costs to send up things. Uh, it really gets... I mean, it doesn't just get into to space crafts, but it also gets into <clears throat> how to handle uh, the spacecrafts in space, whether it's through combat... The dangers of, of flying in space, such as uh, meteoroids uh, hitting you in the various hazards. So, it's it's quite a well-written chapter. And, and the one great thing I like about this book is they condense so much knowledge in such little space and, and give you that information very quickly. Um... Yes, some of it could be argued about, but they're very concise. Uh, I I want to I want to say good job to the authors because I, I've read through this book and it's dense, like like any science book. You're here, but they cover a lot of stuff, and the crunch in here is you shouldn't have too many questions when you're running a space campaign with this book. It's, it's also all very consistent within its own. Like you don't have a rule over here that just doesn't make any sense, uh, in the context of the rules as a whole. Everything, well, unless you're an astrophysicist, well, everything works together. Unless you're an astrophysicist and, and knows <laughs> some of the the details of some of this well, stuff. Yeah, I mean, but, sure. If you're an expert at this stuff, you might be able to poke some inconsistency inconsistencies with a stick and be all like, hey, look at this. But, for the layman, or even for the, uh... Hell, I'll go as far as to say even for the hobbyist, this book is is damn well done. And, uh... Yeah, it, 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 if, if you value the science of space travel, again, this is the book for you. And I gotta say, I love the art in this chapter. I love the art throughout the whole book, but uh, this is such an improvement over the uh, the 
The images of spacecraft in this section are such an improvement over near orbit. It's it's like seeing the it's like comparing the Chrome One vehicles that showed up in the Stormfront books or in Max Metal with Chromebook One. It just it's that level of improvement. And and just an FYI, everyone, um, <clears throat> most of the books we talk about when when we're doing our broker reviews, a lot of these are still on Drive Through RPG for uh, a PDF version. And bless, <laughs> bless our Talsorian can... because they still have a lot of these older books in print. So keep that in yeah. mind. Um, um, even on drive through RPG, you can get print on demand. Uh, these books are available. Uh, they're reasonably priced. Um, like you said, either drive through RPG or artelsorian.com. Yeah. And, and looking at some of the images, um, of the spacecraft and even going, if you're a fan of, um, oh my God, my mind just slipped. What's what's the, the, the space show that just happened? The Expanse. I Expanse. figure we'll talk about yes. uh, <laughs> that later. Um, yeah. Because there are lots of parallels to be made. Uh, but I want to I want to I want to couch the couch the movie references right as much as possible. Like they're going to come no matter what. But yeah. Sure. Okay, we can uh, do that. You, if you like, if you like the expanse, you'll you'll like this book. Yep. So, again, chapter three um, gets into the ships, gets into travel, uh, to the point where you actually can learn about like how much fuel it takes to do burns and and, and leaving orbit. Uh, they also have cargo costs as well as. Uh, people travel uh, in hazards within space of just traveling. Uh, one thing that uh, I don't think is well known, and this book actually educated me, and I actually looked a little bit more of this up, is the radiation belts around planets. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but apparently gravity likes to play with radiation. Uh, yeah, put that out in space, which is uh, I mean, scary. <laughs> literally, everything in space wants to kill you. It, it's it's like uh, it's like Australia without oxygen. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was for you, Mister Morell. Um, yeah. So the chapter gets into a lot of uh, uh, of that specifically travel and how you can travel uh, and of course if you do travel long distances guess what you're going to be thrown into brain dance which is I think one of the main things of cyberpunk that yeah. I see a lot of Cryo sleep and, and brain dance that's that's how that works because you gotta you gotta keep things well I mean, long-distance space travel takes year, it takes months to years, depending on where you're going. And, uh, yeah, you can't be expected to stay awake. Hell, you can't keep food that long. Yeah, so 
Did you actually use this book as like a, a help to boost your education into space and actually kind of like, wow, I didn't I did. know that. And yeah. it was a, it was a jumping off point for me to learn more because it's, it's that well-written that I was all like, this can't be accurate. Oh shit. That is accurate. Oh, we just had one of those moments 10 minutes ago when you looked up <laughs> communication times. True, true. Uh, so yeah, this book definitely served as a springboard for me to, uh, you know, further glimpse what realistic space travel is going to look like, what life in space would be. Um, it made me glad that I did not pursue my childhood dreams of becoming an astronaut because, <laughs> yeah, screw that. That's that's dangerous. Please, that's fun. You see the astronauts. Yeah, the one one thing I don't think this book that didn't get into is, and this is what I've I've heard from various people who've gone into space and been on the the, the space station is, they don't tell you about bodily functions and smells <laughs> that happen yeah, in space. Yeah, yeah. You can't open the window. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I listened to uh, oh Chris Hadfield, the Canadian. Yep, the Canadian rock star astronaut. I love that dude. Um, but he was talking about the smells once, and he was uh, like, "Man, I don't know that I'll ever be able to smell anything else." <laughs> it just permeated everything. Yeah, so it's it's. Space is not as clean as the the space operas like to to portray. No, it'd have to be filthy and gross, and everything would like just you know human nature. Like you shed skin cells, so everything in that shuttle or in that space has to be like covered in a layer of just funk. Yep. Uh, moving along, we get into and again we're at. About a little less than half the book so far, uh, and we're getting into chapter four, which gets into equipment and weapons. Uh, so here you have uh, the various spacesuits you need to wear. Uh, one great little chart is suit failure uh, that scares the crap out of me <laughs> versus a slow leak versus a fast leak. Versus everything else, but there's uh, various versions of uh, suits that you can wear, some shelters that you can use. It also gets into the various uh, vehicles that you would use on uh, Luna or Mars, uh, various uh, space hoppers, and some tools. And again, some of this stuff can actually be used by your regular characters on on the earth uh, so you can look and use this book it gets into the weapons and one big thing about uh, guns in space is they love flechettes Cause... yeah because they don't penetrate anything um, they don't over penetrate anyway yes uh, little slivers are gonna you know crumble and disintegrate against a hard surface, against soft surfaces, they're going to tear you up horribly. 
Yep. Uh, there is also um, new cyberware, which I don't know yeah. a lot of referees will include some of this stuff because, again, a lot of this stuff is from the contents that is being created in 2025. Uh, Plus, a lot of it is pretty specific to orbital life. Like, yep. Um, a lot of it won't do you a lot of good on the surface. But... If your character, if in your character's backstory he comes down, uh, he is a former high rider. Then yeah, I can see it happening. Um, none of it's too ridiculous, except for the, except for the new skin weaves. Those are, those are out there. You know, some of the the Bioware with like uh, the reflex boosts. Or, or yeah. the body. I mean, it, it actually like states flat out that it adds to uh, the stat and not just initiative like most of the reflex wear uh, in Cyberpunk 2020 does. So you can get a plus two to your uh, to your actual reflex, and that's 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 pretty significant. Right. Um, yeah, so that kind of wraps up that uh, chapter. And we're getting into chapter 5, which is Artificial Habitats. Habitats. Uh, this actually this gets... Is really sets in what life in space would be like. Um, so far, is, have you? what's the differences between deep space and uh, near orbit? I'm sure... Deep most space has mostly has just been art. Um, I mean, near orbit. Near orbit was a cursory glance at what deep space would become. It, uh, it it worked fine for what it was at the time when, you know, they weren't trying to think about like long term space trips. Really, it was it was more just, uh, you know satellites like orbital satellites and of course trips back and forth from crystal palace um this so this is expanded on that uh but the rules are more streamlined they're more thought out but most of it is just it's just improved art and and, and expansions on what was already so near orbit actually got and, into a lot of the science as well uh, it did, uh, not as in-depth, but, like, the burn times and, and all that, that's all there. That's all in near orbit. Okay. Um, the actual harsh realities of, like, life in space, it's it's all there. Uh, this just expands on that. Okay. So now we're getting into the artificial habitats, which basically is... All the space stations, base, <clears throat> bases, <coughs> orbital stations that currently exist in the cyberpunk universe. Um, I like a lot of this. Uh, <clears throat> and you can also see that in Cyberpunk 2077 as well. Because, spoiler <laughs> There's some endings that you end up in space. 
whether it's on a, a habitat or traveling to uh, Crystal Palace. But yeah, and, and I just love the details that they put it in. Um, to the point where I it's... love the breakdown of the typical work shack. I, I love the way they open it up and give you that cross section of it. It's yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff anyway. I love uh, the grit and the technical layouts of stuff that just works for me. I wish they'd given something like that for Crystal Palace itself. Crystal Palace, uh, the art here is the art for Crystal Palace and uh, the basic typical station layouts page. It's all carried over from near orbit. Um, I would have liked to have seen Crystal Palace updated for this book. I understand why they didn't do it, but still. Uh, uh, a layout of what the Taurus rings look like on the Crystal Palace would have been extremely welcome in my games because I, I used Crystal Palace kind of extensively for a while. Have you seen um, the map? I want to say... What was that company? I'm gonna, I'm, I want to say it's something to do with Cthulhu, but I don't think it is. Um, Writers Cthulhu, that's it. Dot com. Um, if you go there, they created a map for Cyberpunk. Um, they actually have quite a few maps, but one the, in which the Plus yes, 3D map. Yes, I saw that. It's it's pretty good stuff. Um, they have other uh, space stations like uh, Johnson Space Platform. <coughs> There was a. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, I had, I've talked about it in the past. There was a. I found on Drive Through RPG a uh, space station. Um with the giant set of maps and I can't remember what the name of it was but it was fantastic and it's what I used as my map for the Crystal Palace right the one visual that I loved especially around the stations was specifically Argos around 3. the O'Neill Colony that's, that's the name <clears throat> The O'Neill Colony is, is, it's a bit too big to believe, for me to believe that they built that in five years. Um, it's, it's humongous. And it's cool as hell. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's cool as hell, but I can't believe they built that in the limited time that we've got. I don't know how long it takes to build <laughs> something in space, but it's enormous. Well, when you get into automation and machines building other machines to build other machines, it can get replicated very quickly as long as you have the the, re, the raw materials to do it. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, to me, the, if you're looking for kind of a understanding of the O'Neill, is go watch 
uh, Elysium with um, Matt Damon. Well, again, yeah. we're going to talk about those later in the thing, but there is uh, Elysium that you want to go check out uh, when it comes to those type of O'Neill systems. Uh, the crazy thing that I thought ar around this particular section is how they gave prices for some of this stuff, like Crystal Pla Palace, at least seven billion uh, EB to make. Yeah. Um, why? Why bother giving a price for that? I mean, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And even even marking down, you know, what the weapon suite is. Uh, makes you and again it, it to me this is reminiscent of uh, from Dungeons and Dragons when they did the deities and demigods and even in Call of Cthulhu yeah. is if you stat something out players are going to want to beat that or, or try to destroy it because now you have stats associated with so players are always going to think oh I can defeat this. Let me go build a, a particular spacecraft to go and blow up uh, Crystal Palace or one of the uh, yeah. O'Neill colonies. But so. at the same time, like if you're running like a high-level military campaign, that info might be might come in handy. True, it, it certainly did in my game. Uh, but I am reminded of a KOD of a K, the KOD. KODT strip where they find a they're reading deities and demigods and they're like they, they gave they gave god stats and hit points <laughs> let's go <get> them. <laughs> yep yeah so that's chapter 5 um, the next chapter is chapter 6 and that's living and working in space and that re this chapter actually gets into the high high riders culture and, and the people themselves um, to the point where it gets into what what makes up the ethnicity of the the high riders uh, what their culture is all about um, how they really don't do I drugs or drink <laughs> because that will kill you yeah the slang was interesting too um, the different types of and, and to me, this definitely re reminiscent of the nomads and, and neo tribes, and the breakdown of the different roles that uh, various high rider <laughs> tribe members would be part of. I mean, we're going to go ahead and talk about the expanse for just a minute here, uh, namely the the Beltalora. Uh, like if you've watched the expanse and paid attention to the the belters like this is that kind of this is that kind of environment that kind of society uh in 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 deep space and in near orbit uh they they make numerous mentions that the majority of the workforce in space comes from africa uh because they're using the Kilimanjaro uh, lifts to and spaceport to you know transport most of the labor and resources up into orbit. Yep, and and, um, and this book is actually good yeah. for cyberpunk red background when it comes to space. 
I know with the whole corporate war that, you know, space has kind of been cut off, but really, I... It's still there. It's still there. Africa, from the fourth corporate war, grew as a, as a continent because it was very... It was not impacted by the fourth war, fourth corporate war, very seriously. So no, and they probably saw the most peace during that when everybody's attention was on Europe and the United States, uh, militarily. Like that probably took a lot of the pressure off of Africa and Asia. So I and think South America. I think from a a a, a um, worldview. Some of the red stuff it doesn't really match with that, right? So Africa is also a spacefaring nation, or sorry, spacefaring continent. And to think that space suffered and deteriorated during the Fourth Corporate War and, and suffered drastically, I'm sure it did suffer because of the kill sats. But I also think that they have a better chance of recovery than Europe or United States or any of the other nations that the fourth corporate war was waged on. Yeah, I mean it, like we said there's already they've already they're already talking about, you know, colonization on Mars. They got cut off, but at that point they'd be ra they'd be for the most part self-sustaining by that time they'd have farms built and uh their oxygen would be self-created by whatever trees they or whatever plant life they had going probably yeah. a lot of moss and fungus and stuff like that uh so i mean there's still a there's still a spacer community at large out there and uh they're gonna start if they get cut off from earth they're definitely gonna start having their own um factions and fidelities yep and the other thing that's that is ignored by red yeah and in this chapter uh you get into the highlighter high rider's life uh some new skills are added to the system yeah pardon me uh, and then it gets into why would a cyberpunk character be in space, and, and kind of how your how a character life would be, <clears throat> uh, which is also great. And then again, it gets back into the faction, specifically around the the corporations that are are really the spacefarers. Yeah. It, it, it goes into some amount of detail on, you know, the corporations, what kind of influence they have, the kind of numbers they employ, and, you know, where their main influences lie. It, uh, it's presented in a very straightforward manner. Um, I, I love this book. I, I truly love it. <laughs> So the last chapter, uh, chapter seven, is Red Conflict, a Space Adventure. It is uh, about 20 pages? More than that. It's like, well, actually, it's like almost 40 pages of a scenario. 
Um, mm, a little less than 40 pages, but still, that's that's a hefty scenario, <laughs> especially for a supplementary yeah. book. Uh, I actually tried to run this back in the 90s. Uh, I had two sessions, and it, the group kind of fell apart due to real-life issues. Uh, so, technically, they they had the intro, and they were about to head to space. Uh, I do not want to give any spoilers on this particular uh, adventure, but it is very well written, in my opinion, for a cyberpunk adventure. And here's if... here's where the here's where this and near orbit differ. Mm-hmm. Uh, near orbit actually provided a, a new character sheet for space characters. Um, it's pretty much it's pretty simple. It's just a one page little thing. Uh, cyberware and skill or skills you have to write in by hand. Um, they do list some groovy. Uh, Um, boxes, I guess. I guess that uh, stats. Uh, like there's a stat for aggressiveness and one for competence. Um, I like that. Uh, I, I wish I'd figured out a way to use to use those effectively and balanced in Interlock Unlimited. Hmm. Um. And the adventure in near that near orbit provides is called Child's Play. Okay. Uh, and it was really well written. I liked the characters in it. Um, right at the start of the adventure, the first thing you do is ha- is you get like a ball or a hacky sack or something, and just have your players toss it to each other while you're giving them like this description. Uh, to get used to, you know, cause and effect, and um, I don't know. I just, I just really liked that aspect. That, uh, yeah. Did, did you actually? I like props. I like, did you run that scenario back in the day? I ran parts of it. I. It's very rare that I run a scenario as written. Like it's almost unheard of. The only one I ever really tried to do like that was uh, some of the stuff out of Forlorn Hope mm-hmm. and of course uh, Land of the Free I, I ran that as written um, but anytime else I, any any other time I come across a scenario uh, or a written adventure I just take the parts that I like and add them into whatever I'm doing at the time and that's what I did with this and I ran a couple of uh, I ran a campaign that took in place on the Crystal Palace, and then I had several uh, other campaigns that, you know, for whatever reason, characters would have to travel up here. Why I can the, get into that in a bit. Why the hell didn't we live closer together when we were growing up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would have been very welcome at my table. I would have As you loved to have been there at your table. Some of the scenarios you've described over the years is just, man. But the most memorable one, um, I don't know. Oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Uh, right now, uh, I'm going to say that both of these adventures are really well written. Um, 
the near orbit adventure is very much you know you just go to crystal palace and and do some stuff there and then float around the place and then that's it yep uh it, it's 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 a very simple way to introduce you to the idea of life in space yep and, and the reason uh, why i like the the near or deep space one is they really get into a lot of the the background of the npcs and here's one spoiler about the whole adventure is you're there to cause a revolution <laughs> on on the on the colony the mars colony which kudos right that's all about the 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 high riders uh independence and really plays into the the history of cyberpunk with the high riders uh and again, one of the things that I loved <clears throat> was, and this was something that I didn't see up until here, specifically with Adventures, is I have always been a big Netrunner fan uh, with the old system. I know a lot of DMs have always shied away from it, but my group kind of embraced it and didn't, didn't mind having the Netrunner go off for half an hour, hour. Uh, as we all chilled, either watched TV or did something else, because the, the the gaming areas that we lived in were basically each other's houses. So, hey, yeah, you guys want to go do that thing? Fine, we'll, we'll we'll discuss the game or discuss our plans uh, while you guys go off and do that. Maybe watch a little TV or just bullshit, right? We'll we didn't. Old dragon never got really bored. Then again, we were, you know teenagers uh at the time so teenagers always have a way of, of just finding something better to do while while you wait but just the yeah. complexity of some of these data forts i just loved because it really got into hey these are the various cameras and this is the section it monitors and uh, the the auto factories and the terminals and really fleshed out the, the data forts beyond just the quick little okay this is just data fort go and take these these files and you're done. Uh, which yeah, I mean it. I always appreciate. It really gets into like describing what they look like and yeah. how they react to you. It it's outside of. Uh, Raish Bartmos's guide to the net. This is the this is the best presented version of the classic 2020 uh, internet interface and how it would work and how net running is supposed to feel. Yep. Um, it, it like the book may be worth it if you really like that old school feel. If you were really a fan of net running uh, as originally written, you're gonna want to at least give this book a look just for that. Yep. And of course, the last section of this book is not only a girl floating in zero G who has a very skin tight outfit. Uh, they actually get into the various references to go and take a look at. Uh, and it's not just novels, but they also get into, uh, 
actual science science right so they tell tell you hey go read scientific america magazine from this year to this year this year to this year uh yeah issues of sky and telescope magazine so it it, it does not just say hey here's a bunch of uh science fiction to go read it actually tells you like foundations of astronomy um so it, I like that uh, they've got uh, the Encyclopedia of Space, which sadly I had to give away when I moved out of my house. I had to give away that and uh, the Illustrated Guide to Space Warfare, the Space Traveler's Handbook, and Cosmos. Um, yeah, I mean, they all are, all are listed on here. Uh, I was very sad to see those go. I, I'm actually looking at this list, and I'm like, there really isn't any sci-fi. No, books. it's all <laughs> it's all science books. It's all straight science. Like it's they're not fucking around with hey, you know, go watch this movie. They're like, yeah. hey, go read this book, and and it'll it'll teach you something. That's nice. I appreciate that. Yeah, so the last page on Near Orbit is actually some Crystal Palace interiors. Oh, uh, really? Like, a, yeah. It's it's they're just three little sections. Um, one of them is literally just outlines of buildings on one of the tourist rings. Uh, but I, like I said, I would have liked to have seen this expanded for Deep Space, and I was really sad that it wasn't. That is my one and only complaint about Deep Space is that they didn't give us better maps of Crystal Palace. Uh, so that in and of itself, that and the adventure are really the only things missing. Um, and depending on how anal retentive you are, it could still be worth picking up even if you have deep space just to just so you can compare and just so you can have this tiny bit of missing content although the adventure is like 20 pages long so it's not like it's that tiny yeah yeah i actually one of my friends still has his uh 2013 book or sorry box set because it wasn't a book it was yeah a box set he actually well, it Orbit is, is actually a 2013 book so yep. it's yeah, it's got the rules. The rules are slightly different to compensate yeah. for that. And just, and again, it's been decades since I played 2013, but just having him give me those books and just flipping through them um, really showed me the differences between 2020 and 2013. Oh, that's e wild. Even the Night City book, or the Night City map, was different between the two. And granted, it's even yep. more different when you get into to red. Well, I mean, I, I I love my 2013 box sets. I do. I the the I've got the cover as a T-shirt. It's my favorite T-shirt, um, even more so than my 2020 cover T-shirt. But like the original books, they're just printed on. They're just they're glorified pamphlets. Yeah, in this gorgeous box. Uh, they're all like black and white 
like just paper pamphlets with it, it's really a weird contrast to look at uh, in comparison to 2020 which is this beautiful bound book and all that yeah uh, what a difference a year two years makes yep yeah and when he get, gave me the, his box set he had a bunch of um, other stuff in there right because it's a box and <laughs> it, it definitely oh, yeah, fits no, you... fits the three so you're gonna shove a, a bunch of other books in there and he, I pulled out a mint condition uh, green wars from Atlas Games, and like, dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> my my version, of course, is you know scraped and beaten because I ran it uh, a couple times. Um, but just seeing that, I'm like, dude, you got bank on this book because they're not even printed in uh, Drive Through RPG anymore. So, and I know it's a quite it, it's a great scenario for, for those who. Are looking for old scenarios, uh, Green Wars. I always loved as a scenario uh, pamphlet. It's a it's a good book. Um, in one of my box sets, I uh, I keep uh, oh uh, Punisher from Marvel Comics in the '90s had this series called Punisher Armory. Uh, and it basically is just a detailed look at all the various weapons and gear Punisher uses, and it ran for like ten issues. Yeah, I keep the entire run of that in there. I keep <laughs> the Scout Handbook from the Scout comic book by uh, Tim Truman, uh, put out by Eclipse Books. Um, oh, I forget there there was another comic book gear guide type thing that basically were comics putting out role-playing supplements without realizing it. Um, and then I keep all the uh, interface magazines and all the... Uh, in, in another box I, box, I keep all the interface magazines, the Punk 21s, and the other fanzines that I've found. Cool. So, yeah. We, we, we cram our boxes full of stuff. We don't just let them sit. <laughs> All right. So let's get into inspirations for or resources to use when you're planning out a deep space uh, campaign or near orbit or for Cyberpunk Red, the supposedly there's going to be a, a High Riders supplement coming out. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping it's an actual book, not just like some web stuff, because uh, it deserves to be. Um, I mean, we've talked about, we've talked, we've mentioned the expanse several times, and I think that's the most obvious one that people are going to understand. Yep. Um, if you want to play the expanse, this is the book you want. Uh, beyond any other, beyond Traveler, beyond. Oh, really, I can't think of any other book other than Traveler that would come close. <laughs> um, as I said earlier, the, the Beltalota community and the High Rider community, it wouldn't surprise me at all to find out that uh, whoever wrote The Expanse, I can't remember the author's name at the moment, but if he didn't play Cyberpunk 2020 and use Deep Space as... Uh, his his inspiration like that wouldn't surprise me if that came that information came out at all yep um another great movie to watch 
and it's an old one, and I think it's even, I think it's watchable today, is Outland with Sean Connery. Uh, yeah, Outland is, when I first, I, I, I first saw the movie and I read this book at about the same time. Uh, I want to say within like a, maybe a month of each other. Uh, I saw the movie and then I got the book and I was like, holy shit. Holy shit, I can play that that campaign. I mean, Outlander still has the problem of, you know, not, the problem with any... Not Outlander. Is, Outland. Or Outland. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Outlander is something completely different. But Outland still has the problem that actual space travel in and of itself isn't realistic. But everything else... Uh, is realistic they uh they get anti-gravity right they get living on On a moon (laughs) an alien surface i'm not i don't want to say alien but yeah living on a moon or on a colony they get that right um it's it's done really well uh especially for something that was really just kind of an action role for uh, for Sean Connery in the early 90s. It's just something he was kind of coasting along on. Was it the early 90s? Uh, or I thought it was it happened in the 80s. It might have been. It, I saw it in the early 90s. It might have been late 80s. Because um, it, ha- it came out soon after Aliens. Yeah, 81. Yeah, had that same kind of vibe. Like, I think they shared some of the same sets. Um, and I said they get anti-gravity right. They they didn't. They I, I, I kind of lied about that. Like, they're on an asteroid, and they've got artificial gravity and whatnot. But Actually, it takes place on one of the moons of Jupiter, Io. Does it? I thought it took place on an asteroid, like, orbiting it. Uh, Federal Marshal stationed at the mining colony on Jupiter moon of Io uncovers a drug smuggling conspiracy. Huh. I need uh, to watch it again, because I, I could have sworn that... I haven't watched it in a while, and I want to watch it again, because... A, it, it's definitely... Fantastic. It's, it's a... It's a great movie. It's a... It's a it's a great movie. You're right. It's a fun watch. It it wasn't quite as realistic as 2001 in in their depiction of life in space, but it's probably the closest at the time. It was the it was I would have put it number two behind 2001. Yeah, um, they still overlook some stuff for the sake of movie <laughs> making and budget uh, because you kind of have to help. Yeah. The Expanse does it. Um, but for the time it was made and the budget it had, it's it's top-notch in, in that regard. And to me, it had a blend of not only the Alien, uh, but uh, Blade Runner as well. So, FYI, spoiler here, Basically, it's a guy who uh, is sent to this, like I said, uh, uh, mining community 
on IO. He basically is part of the law enforcement. However, the whole mining complex is run by a corporation. Uh, he is the lawman, so he he's he tries to break up a, a drug uh, conspiracy where drugs are being fed into the workers to make them work more, to it's, produce more for the company, and the company wants this racket to continue on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and basically Sean Connery is, is fighting the corporation with a with a Scottish accent. Yeah, and he has no no well, he has very little support. Uh, from anyone yeah. on the station, so it's definitely a, a must-watch if you're getting into uh, deep space with cyberpunk. Absolutely, it, it is. It is. It is required viewing. Um, there's another. I want to mention an anime series called Planets. Uh, it is about a uh, salvage. Space salvage, they clean up all the satellites in or Earth orbit. And beyond 20, uh, 2001, beyond the expanse, beyond anything else, they get space 100% right. Like, they've been praised about it. Uh, it's not an action-packed anime. Uh, it's a very, it's a very deep and technical anime. Um, and I, I highly recommend it for anyone who's thinking about running a deep space game. How do you spell Especially that? one uh, P L A N E T E S. There might be two T's. It's been a while since I watched it, but it looks it's like fantastic. it's just one. Um, it, it's based on a manga. The manga is also a phenomenal read. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's it's the most realistic depiction of life in space that I've ever seen. Years twenty seventy five, so this came out in twenty two thousand three to two thousand four. So it's actually a series. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely see if I can yeah, it's, it's, get to it. I I cannot recommend it highly enough. Um. Obviously, watch 2001. You can also watch 2010, uh, which I can only recommend for the performance of John Lithgow, and that's pretty much it. Um, uh, another movie definitely is more cyberpunkish is Elysium. I think is one of the more recent ones because uh, you have yeah. A... There's no... go ahead because you have. <laughs> The first depiction of a linear frame uh, installed into a person, which I kind of yeah, love. and the most the most realistic depiction of that, like it looked painful and awful, and like there was nothing pleasant about that stuff. It was fantastically well presented. It also gives you a look at you know the rich and wealthy living in space while the people on Earth live in squalor. Um, some are better off than others, but they're still living in a polluted environment, uh, surrounded by filth. 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that in Cyberpunk 2020 and even Cyberpunk Red um, kind of glossed over of really the, the, the rich, and, and you can see it today, right? Our, our rich and most powerful people are trying to get into space. Um, which... I mean, there's always that disconnect. Yeah. Hell, when I, before I moved here, I lived in Kansas City. And I lived in the absolute worst neighborhood in Kansas City at the time when Kansas City was the murder capital of the United States. I lived on a you know, on Truston Paseo, uh, and literally a block away was a gated, like ultra wealthy community. It was like when you're driving past it, the change is ridiculous, like filthy like refuse ridden streets with you know the lost and hopeless just wandering around gangbangers driving up and down the street and then you like pass this like invisible barrier and everything suddenly clean and fresh and brand new and the police are driving in in shiny police cars and it was it, that's the kind of disconnect that you see in cyberpunk though you, like the the garbage butts up against the elite. Yeah, I I am, and we are the garbage. Another good movie I, I kind of relate to Cyberpunk, but its borderline is uh, Moon with Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Um. um the clone alien. Alien. Alien, yeah. Uh, I mean, once you get past the xenomorph, uh, it's a pretty good look at space travel and how living in space works with each other. They're definitely some miserable bastards. Plus, aliens um, gave you uh, certain looks of weapons that <laughs> are in cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, Event Horizon. Um, uh, that's more that's, horror. I mean, it, you, yes, I mean, but once you get to sure, once you get to the the terrifying aspects of the movie, it becomes a completely different beast. But up until that point, like the space travel itself is presented pretty realistically. I like all the stuff that happens in zero G. Like. It's the first movie to show you what fire would look like in zero G, and that's pretty amazing. True, true, and terrifying. Um, there was another movie that uh, came out in, in the late seventies, early eighties. Trying to find it on IMDb. <clears throat> that also had a, a kind of a space settlements. Um. I want to say that the actor Harry Dean Shatton was in it. Stanton? Stanton, sorry. Um, I think I know what you're talking about. He had, the, he had like robots who helped him, and he he was basically alone. I exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <clears throat> it's... Oh, what the hell is the name of Put it occurred around it's, there it's a, the AI on the ship it keeps lying to him and yeah 
anyways, um, I'll I'll keep on researching it, but for now, uh, yeah, there was there was this that movie. Um, then who was it? Oh Lord, this is gonna drive. Me. <laughs> uh, Us old timer geeks geeking out on uh, sci-fi movies of the late seventies. I thought it was Stan. No, Stanton was in Aliens. I know he was, but I thought he like, you know, oh, he's in Aliens, therefore, hey, we're gonna put him in this movie too, you know, uh, to ride the 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 coast. But anyways, um, yeah, so. Th- when you're looking, I mean, when you're looking for resources, especially with um, cyberpunkish type of things, you, you in, in in space, you really want to try to get more to the hardcore uh, science rather than getting into uh, some of this the space opera stuff. Oh, Dark Star. That was actually a good one too. Dark Star is awesome. That's uh, that's Carpenter's first movie. Yeah. Nineteen seventy-four. Uh, that movie. That movie's hilarious. I want to surf through space. <laughs> I like the fact that the monster in it was just a giant. It was just a trash bag. That's all it was. <laughs> well, again, it was his first movie and probably had absolutely little or no budget. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he used his lunch money to pay for it. Yeah, but it's still fucking hilarious. It's it, it, it comes across like a trauma film. There it is. It really does. You're right. It wasn't Stanton. And Bruce Dern. Yeah. Uh, Silent Running. There you go. Silent, that's the one. Silent Running. Yeah, that that movie will teach you the uh, the extents of loneliness and isolation and desperation. Yeah, so... Um, I can't think of any more recent movies... I want to say there, there definitely is that really had a lot more oh, hard, sure hard science, are. but uh, they get overshadowed by all the science fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah, like like The Martian. Duh. <laughs> yeah, The Martian. The Martian was really good. Gravity um, was also another one. Uh, what was the one with Val Kilmer on Mars? That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, there was two Mars ones that came out kind of close to like 
close together. One was, hey, aliens, <laughs> which I just don't care for. Um, and there was another one. Um, Red Planet. Yes, that came out at the same time. So I don't know if it was Red Planet or, or that other one with um, John Cheeto. Red Planet was with Val Kilmer, and that wasn't. That's where he died and like sacrificed himself. Yeah, that was that was a pretty good movie. Um, yeah. A lot more hard science than I mean, than, than fantasy science. Yeah. Uh, plus, I mean, Val Kilmer, love him or hate him, he can't give a bad performance. Like, he's just incapable of it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for him recently. Yeah, he's had some problems. But um, they're finding the technology to give him his voice back, so give him good his voice on back, that. Yeah. Cyberpunk, <laughs> the cyberpunk world is now. Which they're actually giving, really giving his voice to him. So, I think that's that's awesome. I do too. Uh, da -dum, da -dum. I mean, Blade Runner kind of referenced Off-World, but really never got into it. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, Outland is a better is a is a better sequel to the Blade Runner or a better offshoot to the Blade Runner uh, mythos than Soldier is. I know everybody. I know Soldier is like a spiritual successor, but I think Outland was a lot closer to what was going on. Yep. Yeah, so I'm doing a, a lookup of hard science. Yeah, gravity. We talked about. Um, I mean, there's there's more books than we can list. Uh, oh, Wally. <laughs> he was definitely cyberpunk. <laughs> I would have never. It's a fun. Never thought of Wally, but I can't. I can't argue that point. Um, it's a fun comical cyberpunk, but it's definitely cyberpunk. Um, Solaris kind of was. Uh, I think it was a little too dramatic for my taste, but. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of want to mention. Um... Oh, what was it? Uh, da -da -da -da. Well, you're thinking of that. Interstellar. That actually was very hard science. Getting to the edge of the universe. Um, yeah. Just just a little bit of spoiler, basically. Uh, a guy's looking for his father, who is a space explorer. And just really getting to the edge of our solar system. And... and I, I, it was great because it showed the progressive of, hey, you're getting out to the frontier, 
there's very little resources out here and you're going to keep on trying and okay you have this ship that if you if you burn all your fuel you're not coming back which which was pretty good there was a there was a Katsuhiro Otomo anime called Memories yes um, memories yeah where you know a space salvage team in deep space comes across like a rogue satellite amidst a giant field of debris and yeah they got the science right on that one too that, that was really good it, it be kind of turned into more of a psychological horror thriller towards the end but it's definitely worth seeing just for the beautiful animation like, yeah and going back this to was, uh, the beginning of the episode where we talk about upcoming stuff Moonhaven might be uh, another resource you yeah. can take a look at alright so we're uh, yeah. pretty much close to time so uh, I think this was pretty pretty interesting discussion about hard science uh space in the cyberpunk universe um yeah and i hope uh, everyone who's listening found it entertaining or enlightening at the very least um i know I, me. I learned a couple things <laughs> from our wonderful uh wisdom here and uh, i learned a couple of things from well yeah so uh, also, we would like to thank uh, Cybernation Uncensored for hosting us yet again. Uh, appreciate all uh, Rob's work uh, for the community. Um, I am CyberSmiley. You can check out my site on CyberSmiley.net. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be doing a, a new deployment or release uh, this weekend with a, a couple of additions to my site. Uh, please check it out. You can contact me through the email link there or ping me on Discord. I'm uh, on a lot of different servers there. Um, I'm actually going to have a Discord server specifically for my site that you can all go to and by all means give me feedback on my site and, and tell me, hey, uh, any bugs you might find and also I will be posting what I'm doing with my site there as well. I am Wisdom, 000. I run Data Fortress 2020, the largest, most comprehensive Cyberpunk 2020 uh, database on Earth, um, or at least on the web. I, uh, I can be reached on Facebook, on Discord. Uh, I kind of have a... I, Really, you want to get me on Facebook. You can get me through the Facebook group, uh, the Data Fortress 2020 group, or the Cyberpunk 2020 uh, group. Um, or you can just message me directly. My name is Derek Bernier. Uh, as, as Smiley said, uh, you can ask us questions um, or give us critiques, commentary through his Discord channel uh, at you know and yeah that's that's about it that's i think we're good for the day yeah yeah just like uh wisdom said we have a channel specifically on cyber 
Cyber Nation Uncensored Discord that you can give us feedback if you want us to discuss a particular thing or get our insight on anything. We are more than willing to uh, just ramble anything about <laughs> cyberpunk. So, uh, <laughs> And I was trying to say that, but forgot how to use my words all of a sudden. I don't know <laughs> what happened. Yes, yeah, so check out Cyber Nation Uncensored Discord. We do have a channel there. We love feedback. Um, by all means, come there. Uh, if you're on watching this on YouTube, leave some comments. I try to check out the, the comment section there to uh, answer anybody. Um, but yeah. Uh, if you have suggestions for former for topics, upcoming shows... Uh, throw those down there as well. We love to rant. Yep. So we're going to be off for, I think, two weeks because this is one of those months uh, where we have two Wednesdays at the end of the month. So we broadcast the first and third Wednesday of every month. Uh, the first Wednesday, we kind of ad-lib what topic we talk about, but the third Wednesday, we will go into a deep dive of the old supplements of cyberpunk just like we did tonight and uh come check us out talk to you everyone later have a good night <laughs>